everyone with amazing sensitive minds and welcome to the fourth episode of the Great Sensitive Mind podcast. My name is V, and this time we are going to focus on friendships and relationships of highly sensitive people. But as usual, before I start, I must say some important notes. Firstly, I recommend to start from the beginning, thus my trailer episode where I speak about my podcast in general. Secondly, most of the information are taken from the website hsperson.com and books from Dr. Elaine Aron. Thirdly, in this podcast I'm referring to highly sensitive people as HSPs, so don't get confused. And to also repeat myself, but I believe you remember already, there is always a lot to talk about and as you know I'm trying my best to point out at least the most important information. However, I'm sure that later on, if any new or unspoken information pops up, I will happily spend some time with it in later episodes. As usual, also this episode is divided into small subsections. I will talk about different kinds of relationships, how HSPs are behaving in relationships, the difference between linking and ranking, how to make friendships and keep them, the importance of making boundaries, the communication and dealing with argument and at the end I will also mention some of my thoughts and a little bit about introverts and extroverts. As always, let me start pointing out some general facts. Relationship is, by a simple definition, a way of two or more people, or even things, somehow related or connected to each other. Of course, there are different kinds of relationships. I will focus now only on the family relationships, friendships and acquaintance relationships and leave the romantic, or how I call them, partnerships to a future episode. For most of us, being in a group of people is very important because by the nature of humankind, we have better chances for survival, so to speak, if we live in a group of people. And because of that, we must interact and communicate between each other. Throughout our life, we create many relationships that come and go or stay for longer. Some are closer, some are remote. The main fact is, it's not always easy to manage relationships in a flow movement, as there are sometimes rocky moments that we must deal with in order to keep our relationship healthy and alive. Let's then have a look at how being highly sensitive influences relationships. start with the qualities of highly sensitive people. If you remember in my previous episodes I have mentioned many times some of the main qualities of highly sensitive people. Actually we have plenty that are great for relationships. For example we are great listeners and empathetic which means that we are a perfect candidate for people in uneasy situations as we can hear them out, better relate and understand their situation and even give them good advice. We usually see, by which I mean perceive, 
tiny things that other might overlook or simply ignore. Our attention to the detail can usually help many times with people's troubles too. We just don't take things for granted and pay close attention to all things at once. We are very loyal and honest, which means that we tend to seek for closer relationships that would stay for long period and for people who we can rely on and they can rely on us too. And by our nature, we are many times forced to not use these amazing abilities because we simply don't trust ourselves. Many times we are pushed, mostly by other people, to an uncomfortable situation. For example, we are feeling embarrassed because someone pointed out one of our small mistakes or used a situation to shame us, for whatever reason, in front of others. Even for non-highly sensitive people, these situations can be quite uncomfortable. Um, but of course, we take things even deeper and more seriously. And thus these degradation moments can create a long-term mark on our mind and make us not wanting to stand up or speak up or use our strengths, uh, I was just mentioning before, to relate to people. As I mentioned in my second episode, it is important to be a friend towards yourself first and believe in your strengths as you really have them and have a full right to truly own them. When you feel stronger with yourself, you will be naturally seen stronger in others' eyes as well. But of course, this needs a lot of work and some learning on your self-value. Which brings me to ranking and linking. Dr. Aaron many times mentions the issue between ranking and linking and I believe that it is actually quite important to mention it here as well. But I definitely recommend to read her book, The Undervalued Self, where she describes it in better detail. I am also planning to devote one episode to this book in the future. Right, so what is ranking and linking and why is it so important? These two ways of seeing your reactions towards others will determine how you deal with certain situations. Let me explain on examples and the way how we approach them differently. Firstly, let's define each of the term. Ranking is simply competing or comparing things. For example, I am more friendly than this person or she's better at dressing up than me or he is definitely more outgoing than I am, etc. We usually tend to relate ranking to people we don't get along with or are not as close to us. Ranking is also usually connected to power and hierarchy. Linking, on the other hand, is connecting to or with people and things. Elaine describes it uh, also as attuning to others. When we link, we find similarities and connections to each other. We also tend to link with people we like or are closer to us. Now the different approaches. 
everyone ranks, it is a naturally thing and we cannot really avoid it completely. But what we can do is to try to have the ranking under control. To work on it takes time and there is not a simple method to manage ranking over the night. After all, we are daily experiencing a kind of mixture of ranking and linking and we just move from one to another depending on the situation. HSPs usually have a desire to find a balance between these two but cannot help themselves but tip over the ranking area, mostly when comparing themselves. Interestingly enough, our innate tendency to justice pushes us to suppress the ranking part by being good and fair towards people. Too much ranking leads to undervaluation. It is really necessary to believe in ourselves and have a healthy amount of self-confidence. Now the more linking part. As I mentioned before, there are many types of relationships, but I would like to focus now on the closeness. We could say that the closer you are with a certain person, the stronger or deeper is your relationship. Usually these are called the friendships as opposed to the further ones, mostly called acquaintances. Highly sensitive people tend to have less friends but more close as their character prefers to open up to only a few people that they can trust the most. Dr. Aaron, together with her husband, made a very nice and simple test uh, through which you can easily find out how close you feel towards a certain person. In her book, The Undervalued Self, she describes this method in chapter How to Deepen Relationships Through Linking. This test is based on drawing circles. The first represents you, the second represents another person. How close the circles are and how you overlap each other can tell how much you feel uh, you are close to this person and how much you have in common, uh, which means the overlapping part represents shared opinions, hobbies, viewpoints, emotional support, etc. You can make this test yourself now. You just need a pen and paper and think about how close and overlapping would be your two circles towards a certain person. It can be your family member, friend, co-worker, fiancé, simply anyone. Be honest and try to draw the realistic case. Next to it you can also draw the desired version. Should it be closer, more overlapping? That's for you to decide. You can always work on the relationship and try to make a stronger connection if you like. Later on, I will put down some tips how to strengthen your relationship. Let me also focus on the family relationships for a bit. I have brought some thoughts to this topic in my last episode, but I think it's good to mention here some points as well. Family relationships have been running in my head many times. 
I have grown up in a stable family, but I cannot say that I have always had the best relationships with my family members. The older I become, the more I realized that having a close and ideal relationship towards your family members isn't really necessary. Yes, you are spending a lot of time with them by nature and they are again by default the closest to you. But it doesn't really dictate that you should be automatically open and devote yourself to them. If you find yourself on the same page, so to speak, rather with your grandmother than your mother, you don't have to blame yourself for it. Or if you really don't want to open up to your parents and you prefer to speak to your aunt, again, it is not a problem and no one should blame you for it. Sometimes even a schoolmate or friend from work can be closer than your own family members. Sometimes you have better connections to the family of your friend or your partner than towards yours. And that is also fine. Being connected biologically doesn't really mean that we have a lifetime commitment or obligation towards them. Especially in the families where we are not respected or welcomed. We can choose how close we want to draw the circles towards each of our family members and how much we want to stay close. Elaine recommends in her articles and books to talk and try to explain your trade to your family. With this I agree with her, but on the other hand, if you feel that even after your explanation your family members really don't accept it, you can let it be and focus on people around you that respect your trade. Of course, it is really important for us highly sensitive people to have someone really close to us who understand our trade and can offer us a help hand if we need. But this person can be literally anyone. Ideally, it would be your partner with whom you share most of the time. But having a close friend or group of friends who you can call family instead is great as well. Right, making friendships. If you have done the simple test with circles, you may find that there are some people you would like to be closer to or simply create a new relationship with someone you don't know. For us, HSPs, it is not always the easiest thing to do. So I decided to go through some articles and books and put down some tips that might help. The first one is that one of the things why it is so important to know more about yourself is to recognize what is actually your passion, what you like, what do you like to talk about, what truly matters to you. Highly sensitive people in general like to talk about deeper topics and don't usually like spending their time with chit chats that don't mean anything to them. Thus, it is important to us to spend our conversations with someone sharing the same view. Secondly, as I mentioned before, the best way how to embrace the sensitivity is to focus on the opportunities you are surrounded and check if there is 
any group of people sharing similar passions, hobbies or interests as you. Look online or into local newspapers. I think you might find many people with similar interests there. Thirdly, you can look around at your work or school as you meet your workmates or schoolmates on daily basis the encounter wanted or not is necessary so take the advantage and ask people as like by the way do you like about their interest maybe you will find that they have been also shy to ask you i always say that you don't give anything for a question If they won't have a further interest, you will notice it anyway due to your quality to understand people's reactions soon. So there is really nothing to lose. The fourth is that honestly, don't focus only on high sensitive people groups. Of course, it is great to be part of some, but try to also find uh, other groups which are not focused or related to high sensitivity and the fifth one is if you try to make a friend and you find out after a while that you two really don't have that much in common as you thought or you disagree in some core viewpoints it is okay to end this relationship uh, also it's good to mention some tips for doing things together When you have a friend, it is good to A, do things together and B, communicate frequently. As said many times, common interests are the base. You don't necessarily have to go to parties all the time and spend money on weekly shopping or massage. We are often influenced by what we see around, how normal people spend their times with friends. We don't need to go to loud bars and crowded shopping malls. How about attending an art class together or go outside to the park for weekly walks? If you like helping people in need, sign up for volunteering together. There are just so many things that you can both realize in. Make a list of common interests and see if you can find a use to some of them. Remember to space your time together according to your mutual needs. As we know, especially highly sensitive people need also some time for themselves. One thing is true. No matter what relationship, each one needs to be worked on regularly. Each one will have its ups and downs and it is normal. We just have to be aware of it and accept it. True friendships will get over obstacles if we are willing to work on them. After all, it is about what each person is going through in his or her life and close friendships are here for helping others get through different struggles by listening, giving honest opinions and advice based on understanding. Some relationships need more time to get stronger and a little bit more patience. Some relationships are meant to be remote even if we try as much as we can to work on them and that's okay as well. I have read a few times on social networks 
that HSPs, and probably not only them, find it difficult to keep their friendships for longer and sometimes these relationships will end against their wish, which of course makes them very sad and worried. I often say that strong relationships will survive no matter what. You don't always need to see your close friend too often. What makes a friendship strong is the ability to communicate what each person needs from the other and how much both sides agree on these terms. In other words, if a person wants to be friend with you only on his or her terms, such as how often you meet, about what you speak, how much you open up to each other, how much you can trust each other, there is something not right. Both of you should have similar desires and requests. Both of you should understand the requests of each other. Remember the ranking and linking? This is actually a perfect example. True friendship is based on linking, meaning that both sides are on the same page. No one is first or second, higher or lower, more important or less important. That means ranking. Speaking of friendship terms, I think that especially for highly sensitive people, the termination of your requests or terms or boundaries, whatever you want to call it, is very important. Again, in my previous episode, I spoke about understanding and accepting your own needs. We need some time to be alone, some time to recharge or simply prefer certain places or activities before others like less crowded spaces, less overwhelming activities, etc. Being a close friend with another HSP might be a little bit easier as you may find both that you prefer similar things. However, even with non-highly sensitive person doesn't mean that you should not request particular actions. After all, if your friend is a true friend, they will understand and respect you. You don't have to be worried about speaking up for yourself. I truly believe that you actually show your honesty and actual you, which is for a close relationship better than pretending and faking. Which leads me to the essence of communication. The communication is really important. I would love to devote episodes in my podcast to this topic as I really believe it needs one on its own. Communication is not always easy and you should try to communicate as much as you can. I honestly think that face-to-face -face communication or at least calling is better than messaging. Especially for highly sensitive people that need to see the subtle changes in mimics and tone of voice to recognize the emotions in order to fully understand the situation. Emojis won't substitute everything. It is also important to set up how much open and personal or intimate you want to be to each other. Usually the openness grows with the length and closeness of the relationships. But it is not necessarily a rule. 
A true friend will respect your set personal space and so should you respect his or hers. So how much you want to share has to be set by you as well. Remember that the way of communicating also develops with time and the growth of the relationship. You will learn when it's good to say what uh, or in which way. It is also important to bear in mind that if you don't understand something, it is good to always ask and double check the meaning so you won't jump into early or wrong assumptions. I recommend to have both talks about fun things and talks about deeper and more serious issues. After all, here is why it is so important to share your viewpoints and interests so that you can reflect them into your discussions. Sometimes you will get yourself into a conflict or an argument. So what to do in that case? Firstly, no relationship is without any flaws. It is absolutely normal to sometimes disagree with someone. I honestly believe that it is better to always talk about something that is bothering you or you find not right. Keeping it inside will make only things worse, believe me. There is a step-by-step structure that I really like, written by Elaine in the Undervalued Self book, in chapter A Sustained Close Relationship. She describes how to go through an argument or disagreement. I will not go here into too much detail, but at least try to point out the most relevant parts from it. Firstly, make an appointment to talk about your disagreement. You should both agree on a time when you both will be focused and not distracted by surroundings. Also, set up a time so you don't exhaust yourself. It may even take a few times to resolve something. So don't worry if there is no solution found in the first time. Secondly, during the talk, always take turns and while one is speaking, the other won't interrupt. One speaks, the other carefully listens and make notes if needed. Thirdly, when the first is finished, the other takes turn and answers also towards what the first one said. When finished, again, it is the first one who can respond now to the other's comments. Uh, Dr. Iron also puts down some do's and don'ts that are quite handy during discussions. I will point them out in a bit. Fifthly, when you both finish, it is also important to take some time off to think about a talk alone and simply process all of the information you have heard. After a bit, let's say 15 minutes, but each relationship can have its own timing, you both can come back and add the thoughts that came up after the talk when you were alone. Maybe you came with some additional ideas or rethought some sections of your discussion. 
the last part is that if you still cannot come to a conclusion, it is better to leave it and set up a new appointment for the talk. So here are the do's and don'ts of a discussion that should be respected in order to have the best result from it. I will mention only a few of them now. Uh, I really recommend to read the book to broaden the topic even more. The do's. Try sharing the mood through your empathy. Tell others the emotions and feelings you see in them while having an argument or discussion. For example, I can see it makes you very upset. Uh, when expressing emotions, nonverbal communication is as important as the verbal. Stroke the other, give a hug or even cry if you feel it's a part of uh, the sadness that you should be you should share. And don'ts. It is not appropriate to try to distract the other person by talking them out of their feelings. You should also try to avoid shifting the talk towards you or your struggles while the other one is talking. Don't jump into a conclusion or advice before you hear the other one out completely and when you know they are ready to hear your advice. And the last one, try to avoid old wife sayings or general knowledge like, for example, depression is very common in population, more than we think, etc. I also have some thoughts. In my view, I feel that highly sensitive people are struggling with trying to reflect themselves in everything. I honestly do it as well. We overthink, we put additional thoughts somewhere where they shouldn't be, we overthink again and again and again. We tend to rank and create stories about others that we create in our minds as the correct ones. Many times we envy other situations, put us lower and, and them higher because we see only a little bit of their life. And of course social medias are not helping at all. People can always put online only what they wish you to see. The reality is always somewhere else. So my advice is to work with the thought that nothing is really perfect and everyone is dealing with their own struggles even if it doesn't look like it. Yes, one can have a perfect partner and their partnership seems to be working well, yet maybe they are struggling with health issues or financial problems that are difficult for them to manage. But you don't know that and you mostly won't know that. That is why the ranking in remote and linking in closer relationships is there. We rank as we don't see the whole picture. It's further away. Yet we attune, connect and link when we know more and deeper about the person. So think about it and don't jump into conclusions about others because most likely what you see is not the whole picture. Try to be more patient and use your strength of listening and tuning in to uncover more. 
Or on the other hand, try not to judge others too much. Let the ranking vanish and rather focus on linking. Let me finish with a few notes about introverts versus extroverts and shyness. I have been surprised how often I see these terms when reading about relationships. There seems to be a big discussion about if one is introvert or extrovert and how much does it influence our ability to make relationships. And what more that as highly sensitive you are categorized more as introvert by the default of the quality of sensitivity which again is more a generalization and not always the right judgment to put it very shortly introvert prefers small groups of close close people around spending more time alone while extrovert doesn't mind meeting new people being in new social environments and having more friends then we have another label called shyness that again by default of its nature matches more with introverts than extroverts, meaning that it is automatically pinned to highly sensitive people. The fact is, there is so much behind each of these terms that to define people very quickly without profound checking isn't really working out. I have read many stories from different people and also from Dr. Aaron uh, and all of them agree on the fact that these have been mislabeled many times. It is not true that if you are sensitive, you are shy or introvert. It is not true that if you are extrovert, you always want a big attention and have hundreds of friends and no close friends. There are highly sensitive people who are also categorized by being extroverts. But to be honest, I don't use these terms at all and always take a person as a unique mixture of different characteristics. I don't care if they are shy or how many friends they have. It is always better to stop labeling and rather taking the whole person as for who they really are. No labels, no names, only the unique them. It will save us from many prejudices false assumptions, aka you are labeled this, therefore you must behave like this, and gives us more freedom to find their specific selves. And here's the end again. I have no doubt that we will come back to this topic later on and take some of the parts even into deeper details. My next episode will be about emotions. Please follow me on my Instagram, The Great Sensitive Mind Podcast. We can already start to talk about different topics there. I am also preparing my Patreon to launch soon. But you can always contact me in my email address, which you can find in the description. So thank you so much for listening and being here with me. Have a lovely day. Bye.